Kia and welcome to Goodfellow Podcasts. This episode is kindly supported by the Auckland Faculty of the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners. I'm Dr Louise Kugler, a GP Fellow, and today I welcome Fiona Johnson to the podcast. Fiona has a background in occupational therapy where she's helped many people with mental health issues, trauma and concussion, and also helped manage sleep and fatigue. In 1995, Fiona founded ShiftWork Services in order to combine scientific thinking about sleep and fatigue with the practical know-how to create safer workplaces. Fiona is a member of the Australian Sleep Association and the New Zealand Occupational Therapy Association and has written a book, Getting a Good Night's Sleep, which has sold over 10,000 copies. Morena, Fiona, and welcome to the podcast. So Fiona, at some point, most of our health professional colleagues in their training will have done shift work. 50% of shift workers will leave their position within the first six months as they're unable to adapt to the demands of the roster. Sleep disruption, fatigue, mood changes are all commonly reported. Fiona, I remember vividly working shift work when I was in the hospital system not only did we do rotating shifts, but we worked long days and many days in a row, up to 12 in some cases, with multiple shifts within that stretch. It was a recipe for disaster, both for myself and our patients. So tell us, how does shift work differ from day work and why do we find it so challenging? Well, that's a good question. Um, firstly, shift work involves working when we would usually be sleeping. Uh, We're hardwired to be daytime creatures. And so this interferes with our body clock, our circadian rhythms. So those are all of our bodily functions, which take about a a day to go through their cycle and includes our core body temperature, sleep-wake cycle and digestive system. So these all synchronize together to help us to be awake and alert and focused at times when we need to be active. And also um, they all slow down and cool down to help us sleep. And usually that should be at night time. But of course, for shift workers, it's all disorganised. So thinking about the sleep disturbance, firstly, how is the architecture of the sleep disrupted? Well, when sleeping in the daytime, which most shift workers do have to do at some point in their roster, the quality of sleep is not so good. And also many shift workers might only sleep for four hours and they wake up around lunchtime. So a broken sleep pattern is not good for either our physical health or our mental health. So what are the ways that we can improve our sleep when we are working shifts? Well, there's three straightforward things that we can all do. The first is to have a a really well set up bedroom. So make sure it's cool, dark and quiet. And I know that's not always easy when we've got the neighbours next door and people going to going to work and children playing outside and so on, but that's the ideal. The next is to give thought to what time we're sleeping. A really good time is when our body clock is most ready for it. So that's as soon as possible after the night shift. So ideally while the sun is still down, but as the sun comes up, our body clock warms up and every hour that we delay sleep, it just makes it a little bit more difficult to get to sleep. The third thing, Louise, really is to have a look at the roster pattern. That's something that many shift workers don't have a lot of control over. That's often a management issue. But 
some rosters allow for good quality sleep. And to be honest with you, some rosters, they really just don't give people the time to sleep. It's not just the time to sleep, but it's at a time when the body clock is ready for sleep. So those are my three recommendations, setting up the bedroom, thinking about the time of sleep and having a sleep-friendly roster. Um, Fiona, I remember the feeling of overwhelming fatigue. It was very familiar and complained about amongst our colleagues. So even when you've had a good stretch of continuous sleep, you often feel fatigued. So what's going on here? Well, after one night of sleep that um, we can usually manage, it's a bit like staying up all night at a party, you can still function. But many shift workers, day after day, they're not getting adequate daytime sleep um, and it's poor quality of sleep, which means that there's an accumulation of fatigues. The consequences of sleep debt are cumulative. So if you're missing out on, say, maybe two, maybe three hours of sleep in 24 hours, at the end of the week, you can have accumulated quite a big sleep debt. And that's never going to come back. Thinking about um, the risks in the workplace of fatigue, what tips have you got to enhance well-being and alertness, especially as that sleep debt kicks in later in, in the roster? Yes, that's a good question. The main risks really of being fatigued at work is having accidents and incidents either at work, but for many shift workers, in fact, it's it's the drive home, which is a, often a problem time. Being fatigued at work, if, if you're in a, in a job which is not safety critical, to be honest with you, it may not matter that much. But if your job is to do with prescribing medicine or you're involved with um health critical activities, making decisions about client well-being, then every moment counts. And it's really important that you're alert and making good decisions. So there's a couple of things that we can do. First of all, shift workers, they can use what we call the four pillars of shift work success, which is to sleep really well, use alertness strategies such as power napping and strategic use of caffeine, keeping active, and as best as possible, maintaining some sort of a work-life balance. Also make sure that your manager knows about making a shift work and fatigue-friendly roster. But I've also got a message here for managers and roster designers. Make sure that the roster that you're asking the staff to do actually does give time to sleep. Many managers don't know whether it does or not, we use a scientific method. We use biomathematical fatigue modeling, and that can really help. And if you don't have access to that, there's a simple rule, we call it the 512-50 rule that a lot of people use, which means make sure that your roster provides at least the opportunity for staff to work five hours in 24, 12 in 48, and 50 in a week. Anything less than that is below the threshold of what is considered to be safe. Also, it's a great idea to provide staff with training about sleep and fatigue management. And I definitely suggest that you have a review of your fatigue management policy. Those are great tips. Thank you, Fiona. So we know that the metabolic syndrome has been shown in the science to increase and shift workers, which is of great concern. So can you tell us about why this risk is increased and what one can do to mitigate that risk? Yes, the reason it's increased is a combination of things. 
mainly a lot of shift workers put on weight, a lot are obese for reasons of often eating the wrong type of food or eating in the middle of the night, eating big meals sometimes in the middle of the night when the digestive system is supposed to be sleeping so food doesn't get digested properly. And just what we call desynchronization of the body clock. So all the bodily systems are not working in, in good coordination. So some recommendations to help reduce this risk would be, I think the first one is to minimize disruption of the circadian rhythms. So to do that, we suggest that you have minimum night shifts in a row. So in, a, in other words, that keeps your body clock set on a diurnal orientation or a daytime function. The next thing is to keep your meal times as close as possible as you would be if you were working the days. So most of us, for example, eat our main meal early in the evening or sort of between seven and nine o'clock. So if you're working a night shift, that's still a really good time to eat your meal and it gives you energy to get through the night, but you're not trying to digest in the middle of the night. During the night shift, of course, we still need some energy to keep us going, to keep us focused and alert, but no big meals, please, especially not protein for some reason. There's, protein often has a, is very heavy, it's difficult to digest, and if it's in the form of things like burgers, it has a lot of fat in it. So in the evening or, or in the small wee hours, snacking little and often is gentle on the digestive system, but gives us energy to get through. So those are my three suggestions. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you can see how another meal can pop into your 24-hour period quite easily. So those are great yes. tips. Yeah. Thank you. So you've mentioned rostering, and I wonder, can you talk us through the optimal roster? So what makes it optimal, and what suggestions can we make to our managers to implement this roster? It's always a very controversial subject, this one. And in truth, there is no such thing as a perfect roster. It doesn't exist. What works for one person doesn't work for the other. What is good for one organisation or one business or one hospital or one group of staff is not relevant for the other. So I would say that the optimal roster is one that best balances health and safety needs with staff needs and the needs of the shift workers. It has been said by more than a few professionals across the world, which is that the best roster is the one that staff support. And I've looked at lots of rosters throughout New Zealand over the years, and I've seen some which I've assessed to be, in terms of health and safety, I say it's horrible. It, it, you go way beyond the thresholds of what's recommended, but if staff are really wanting it, then they'll make it work and they'll put in safety criteria to, to make sure that the risks are managed effectively. So I think it's helpful to ask staff what's going to work for you. The managers also need to make consideration of what is the roster trying to achieve? So it's not what roster do we want to have, but what is the purpose? What are we trying to achieve with this roster? So in health, it's often things like staff cover and the skills mix of different levels of qualifications or abilities to deal with crises. Perfect. Thank you for that. So every now and again, and in the introduction, I mentioned that 50% of staff will leave their position because of the shift work. So if one of our colleagues is struggling with shift work, where can we direct them? Where can they get help? 
Well, there's a lot of information on my website, which is shiftwork.co.nz. We provide a service throughout New Zealand for shift workers and their managers. We also run a Facebook page called the Good Sleep Forum. Um, We post our favourite podcasts and favourite research articles here. And it's also a place that people can ask questions. Those are two places that I'm involved with. And I suppose the employee assistance program may be of use to some people as well, um, getting that free support um, psychologists. Lovely. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. And just before we conclude, I wonder if you could finish off with some take home messages for our listeners, please. Take home messages. Yes, I'd love to do that. The first one is make sleep a priority and learn to use the four pillars of success, which just to remind you are sleep well, manage alertness, keep physically active and work towards a work-life balance. The next take-home message is make sure that your roster allows time to gain adequate sleep. And for most of us, that's between seven or nine hours of sleep. The third take-home message is to run a health check on your roster. Make sure it's optimised to best meet the needs of the staff, the people who are working it, and the business needs, as well as health and safety requirements. Fantastic. Thank you, Fiona. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. If you're a New Zealand GP and would like to claim CPD points for listening to this podcast, please do this. And you'll find a list of Fiona's resources on our website, goodfellowunit.org. Thank you for listening.